My first meteor shower was a night I would never forget, but not for the reason you might expect. I was just a kid, maybe around six years old. I had to call my parents last night to confirm my exact age. My parents and I were spending a week at Sunset Beach in North Carolina. They learned that this night there would be a meteor shower visible from the beach, so they took me with them. A warm breeze rolled in from the ocean, and my parents looked up at the sky. Tiny lights began to dart across the heavens. The beauty of it was truly something to behold. Or so I assume. You see, my eyes were so tightly shut and my head was down. I was scared to look up. I could never quite identify what exactly it was, but something about the enormity of it scared me. So again, I squeeze my eyes shut and I keep my head down. This way, I would not catch a glimpse of something I could not understand. Whatever it was that filled others like my parents with wonder, whatever that was, that was lost on me. I was afraid and I wanted no part of it. This fear of the great beyond, of things beyond our day to day as humans, is something that's followed along with me throughout my life. When I was a kid, I would look out the car window at the night sky on long drives and sometimes was just overwhelmed with the things that I would see. I made my parents pull over our car so we could all look at something in the sky that I was convinced was something dangerous, something about to happen. Almost always a twinkling star, sometimes a plane, much to my parents' frustration. But even later when I was in college, when many of my friends wanted to see the film Gravity, which stars Sandra Bullock as an astronaut who goes on a dangerous spacewalk, I told my friends, no thanks. I do not need that kind of stress in my life. As someone who loves space and astronomy today, I have to admit I'm a little embarrassed to tell you some of these things. But I was always intrigued, even if I was a little anxious, when we're towing the line between fear and wonder. As much as it could be terrifying, it was also fascinating, and I felt a sense of something comforting, even in the midst of this fear. This Lent, we are focusing on spiritual practices, though in a slightly different light. Many times during the season of Lent, people are often encouraged to give up something that's important to them or something they want to stop doing, or perhaps to add on a new practice, such as reading scripture, fasting, many different kinds of prayers, etc. Now don't get me wrong, these are all wonderful practices, but we also wanted to think about what it is we are already doing that draws us closer to God now. These are the spiritual practices you might not see on the display shelf at the Christian bookstore, but they are no less meaningful to us. So today I wanted to share about a practice of mine, learning about outer space and the broader universe. As I grew older as a child, I began to realize that I did actually have a legitimate interest in all things space. It was way too much for me to still experience firsthand, but I found safety in books and reading. This was before the internet really took off to be what it is now, or things like Wikipedia. So I would read picture books, things like the Discovery Channel Kids Variety, these little pop-ups of the planets and solar system. And I found that I wanted so much more learning. So I found myself, as a kid, instead of sneaking snacks, which I'm sure I probably did at some point, I would be sneaking in documentaries in National Geographic about space. Though I understood little, it was fascinating to watch. 
but it was still way too much for me to experience any of it firsthand, as I was later reminded. I ended up with a telescope thanks to some sort of strange raffle when I was in Cub Scouts. So I decided I would go take a look outside at the moon and the stars, and this was pretty exciting. Uh, but one day, the planet Jupiter was supposed to be more visible than usual. So I took my little telescope, searched, and found it, much to my dismay, because there it was. It wasn't quite the kind of HD image you would see now, but it was still something, it was still very overwhelming to see something purely theoretical right in this world. So I told myself, nope, and I packed the telescope up and went back in the house. And that was a bit, that was it for a while for me. But I was lucky enough to live very close to Moorhead Planetarium in North Carolina, about 10 minutes away, where I could have a safe space to explore my curiosity. As much as I loved it, it was not just my own interest, as I always wanted to bring others along with me to experience it too. Our text this morning talks about a similar kind of wonder. Here the psalmist speaks of the heavens, the universe. Now admittedly their scientific understanding of the universe was different than ours is now, but their sense of astonishment and smallness resonates today. Like the psalmist, I too wonder why God cares for us in the face of the rapidly expanding universe. What makes humanity so interesting about the things that we do in our day to day? The expanding universe has much greater stakes than our lives, after all, than my life. Exploding stars, colliding galaxies, black holes, so many other things that we barely understand. And meanwhile, I ask God to give me the motivation to clean my dishes, to finish my homework so I can graduate. So what's God's deal? Perhaps God just enjoys some good drama? Does God watch us as someone would watch The Bachelor? You won't believe what happened on this week's Humans. Or as the psalmist says, why does not God not just forget about us? There's millions of other planets, even more stars, galaxies, at the rate that the universe is changing and growing. It seems like God would have things of much greater magnitude to do that helped me to clean my dishes. By the time I was finishing high school, I had become an avid lover of space and astronomy, but I was still a little too scared to experience these things firsthand. After graduation, I found myself on a trip to the beach again, this time with many friends. We heard that there was going to be a meteor shower that night, and I was a little nervous to try to see it, but I did find myself a little bit more curious as well. I wasn't quite ready enough to go out there. But my friend's dad showed us something spectacular. We didn't go out to see it, but he shared that you can, and also this is something that you can do too. I, th I find it fantastic. But if you turn to a dead radio station during a meteor shower, you can actually hear sounds of the meteors going through of, uh, in the radio frequency. It's really cool, and I'm going to attempt to play a small clip for you here this feeling very well. It felt otherworldly and uncomfortable, but somehow a little calming too. Truly the line between wonder and fear for me. That night we sat in the dark, listening for the sounds of meteors passing through the atmosphere, and the rest of the night we stayed up way late into the wee hours of the morning, talking about the things of our lives, our hopes, our fears, 
what we hoped would change as we were moving on to the next phases of life. Even as we pondered the mysteries of space, God had drawn closer to us. There's something so overwhelming about the divine that can be frightening, but when you let it, it leads you back to love, love of God and love of others. Our psalm also speaks of this pattern. Even as the universe grows and changes in ways we barely understand, God is drawn to us. No matter how many new galaxies we're tending to, God is integrally involved in our lives. Throughout the scripture, the wonders of the divine and the universe bring people closer to God and to each other. As the psalmist stands in wonder, their thoughts go to God and to all of humanity. To journey deeper into the beyond is to journey deeper into humanity, our own lives, into one another's lives. And when I was in college, I was finally able to see my first real, real meteor shower. Some friends of mine drove out to the Blue Ridge Parkway to watch the Perseid meteor shower that year. And finally, for the first time, I decided to look up, to see those little tiny lights starting across the sky. And the less cool version of the story is the first few did admittedly scare me a little bit. But the more I saw it, the more it started to fill me with wonder. Wonder that I then shared with my friends. Something about all of the beauty led us to have another all-night conversation. As we looked up to meteors in the upper atmosphere, dreamed about things further and further away in the universe, something about it always led us back to each other, back to God. I was once told that God was not somewhere out there, but God is right here. And I think that that is very true. But what was out there and the ways that I reflected on it connected to me to God and some others in my life. The experiences I spent watching other meteor showers, solar eclipses over the years, trips to the planetarium against some other people's will. When I look up at the sky, staring into the abyss, I don't feel the sort of cold emptiness of space. The further I look, I'm reminded of a God who cares so deeply for you and I. That this God who created the furthest reaches of the universe is present in our lives for both the wonder and the mundane. I often wonder if my practice is not just learning about space, but sharing wonder together.